<laughs> Welcome back, guys. George has cut his finger. What happened, George? I was just cutting a, a bagel up, actually, with a bread knife, and all of a sudden, just... I do it all what, the time. What is it with you and knives? Like, you came to my house, and I came downstairs, and you said, didn't realise how sharp your knife was, mate. I've cut myself. <laughs> no, you are good, guy, actually. I just remember that. Yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, just love... just. Just stabbing myself, really. Um, yeah, I don't know how that, I, week, that weekend was probably just an absolute blur for you right now, mate, because there's so much has gone oh, on there. <laughs> so, so much has happened. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of glad, actually, you saw that firsthand and told me, yeah. look, stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. Because it was, you saw it, it was, I was a mess. Yeah. Oh, absolute mess. But it's crazy to think that was, what, like four or five weeks ago now? And I feel like a different person. I feel like a completely different person. Can change it all around, mate. Only a short yeah. moment of time, a few little changes, and uh, and we're all good. You're looking lovely and fresh as well. Nice tan, yep. fresh Kept beards. Clean, Every, just keep myself, car. you know, keep myself polished. This sort of stuff that you get lazy with, you get content with, and um, I just want to look after myself because I, if I, like I said to you before, if I look after this, I look after the rest of myself. So uh, it starts from here for me. All this is, uh, yeah. is an important factor for me. So uh, mm-hmm. keeping on top of it, feel good, feel fresh, feel energized. Um, and yeah, ready, ready to just crack on with it. You know, I'm, I'm ready for it, mate. How's it helps. Doing? I find it helps in the off season as well with the whole like self presentation thing. Obviously, you you're quite light now, so you've lost a little bit of that, or you've lost a lot of the fluid. So you can see in your face, you're already like you pulled it down quite a bit. Yeah. But um, now you're obviously pushing up again. It's those little things like staying on top of the hair, a bit of color, a bit of a bit of tan. Like mm. that was probably. Like one of the biggest things that helped me get to the heaviest I've ever been in the last push-up was just luckily enough hopping on some uh, legal sunbeds here and there in the lockdowns that kept my colour just about enough so that my face didn't look like an absolute moon because you're lucky you can grow a beard. I can't. So when my face yeah. gets fat, it's it's a bit of a mess, to be honest. I must admit, mate, I've, I've never really had problems when it comes to the... Uh the face in the off season and, and noticing I do obviously when I look back at photos, I'm like, Oh shit. I, I didn't realize how fat my face was until yeah. I dieted down a bit, but it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't phase me whatsoever. I think having a beard does hide that sort of chin. It does, you know, if you, you shaved, out, mate, if you yeah. shaved, you'd yeah. fucking know about it. I, I haven't, I haven't clean shaved since I was about, cause I, I started puberty when I was really young. So before all my friends, I was shaving, you know, it was all show. Well, look at my pubes, look at my pubes, all that sort of stuff. You showed um, your pubes to your friends. Oh, actually, yeah. Actually, to be fair, I remember doing that as well. How fucked up is that? It's so That's wrong. Crazy. That's not right. Why would you do that? And now I'm thinking, I don't even care. I don't want that down there. You know, I'm more <laughs> clean shaven now more than ever. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, how yeah. I've grown up and I've had less, I get less body hair. When I was younger, it's all about how much hair you could have. And all your mates, when they were younger, having chest hair come through on their T-shirts. And then like 15 and they start puberty and like 12. I was one of those that, you know, started quite early and uh, I was one of the tallest people on my football team, believe it or not, when I was younger. That started that early. Now everyone just shot up past me and I've I've stayed the same. I haven't really grown since. Um, But I haven't clean shaved since I was about 16. I don't intend to ever. No, no, I think it suits you, mate. I think the the beard is an absolute must. If I could grow one, I'd try, but I just can't. So Um, maybe 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 I'll... Yeah, Yeah, nah, fucking hell. I look like a paedophile with that. So... (laughs) sorry this oh. episode has been so explicit i'm so sorry if anyone's <laughs> like kids are listening background so sorry we'll uh we'll cut that out do you yeah. have any clients where you like 
uh, like you've requested them to to get rid of their body hair because it's like you literally can't see what's going on. I think I've had that maybe like once or twice, yeah. but I kind of feel a little bit bad and rude for asking yeah. them. Yeah, I always preface it with like I'm not being rude, but I really need to see you shave yeah. at least a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the legs being hairy, but when it comes to like the chest, they're very dark, like dark hair, like really dark. Then yeah, yeah I would it. say try, try and shave it for me to see a, a, mm. what you're looking like. But I try and avoid saying any of that because I don't want to seem like I'm rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a difficult. How's things with you anyway, mate? Yeah, all good. Um, that was actually a few few of the questions that that got asked was sort of how things are going with the the old prep, of course, because everyone knows that. Uh, most of the time a prep is a little bit more I guess to talk about than an off-season phase in terms of just what's going on so yeah obviously I popped up some photos yesterday and I'll just continue sort of doing those those updates whenever I feel like I look different enough to the last one to actually sort of have something to talk about because the ones in between I think I left it about a month maybe three weeks since the last ones that I actually put up in that lighting the standardized place put up a few post-workout stuff but um I left it about three weeks to see some some noticeable change and I'm sort of getting to that point now where the 170s for me is like a nice lean look pretty much most uh, like all areas um and definitely that like the the dry hard look coming across the upper half so when I flex now, there's like that se- more separation and, and you can see the, the the density to the tissue a little bit more, which, uh, you know, as you know yourself, mate, you know, just body fat hides the bodybuilder. So as you come down, it's just more and more like a bodybuilder. So, yeah, they're definitely more confident with the way that I look, happy with um, the, the, the current sort of state of affairs in terms of comparison to last year. And, yeah, I think... I'm excited to see where I can get to with the current rate of loss. You know, I'm still losing that, that sort of like two pound a week that we, we discussed, uh, which is definitely the upper end of where I'd ever think to lose in terms of, of rates. I'd mm-hmm. almost always have clients in a position where at this stage, 12 weeks out, we're going to start to bring down that rate of loss. But interestingly enough, we've talked about this before. Being a bit of a case study on myself this year, I'm continuing that two pounds and I'm probably going to be continuing it for, I've estimated at least another eight weeks. And that's going to take me pretty close to sort of where I need to be. I imagine with what I looked like last year um, and where that sort of eight weeks will will pull me down to in terms of, of total you know, pure body weight loss. Uh, it is going to get pretty interesting to see if I can keep pulling off those two pounds because up till now, even like today, right now, I feel absolutely fine. Like it's no, no detrimental effect. I mean, after sessions, I'm a little tired. If it's a big body part like legs, definitely a little bit more hungry in the evenings. But to be honest, and I say this to clients a lot, when you're in prep, you reach a point of hunger and the hunger's there. And then it, a lot of people, I think they just get way too scared. that The hunger's just going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. And what I find personally, at least, is that, I mean, yes, it increases a little bit, but once you're hungry, you're just hungry. So if you're eating 2,800 or 2,000 or 1,900, like doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like you've just got to eat whatever is going to elicit the rate of loss that's appropriate for your specific prep and your specific circumstances. 
and these specific circumstances i'm accepting no less than you know totally fat free so i've got to keep the rate of loss up i've got to keep pushing because you know pretty much most areas are lean but the the glutes are just holding on to a, a lot lot more um but especially this week which is definitely giving me like some good some good like signs is that this is the first week where you know you do the old like you know the glute test where you grab your glutes and you think you know as the bit coming off there or there like i felt them box off at a certain point in prep where that from the side they just like sort of a not like one huge big mushy pile of shit um but now when I feel them, especially in the morning where I'm like at my driest and holding the least fluid, I can, when I flex them, I can start to, you know, feel the lumps and bumps a little bit more. So, you know, you can start to feel where those striations are going to land. So I can, I can start to feel that now, which is something where I know that every pound I lose from this point is going to start to show a little bit more here and there. The first signs for me is when they start to come through in the side chest and the side tricep a bit more because I can get that detail down this, this specific side of the glute um, relatively comfortably. It's just getting them like from the back is difficult for, for myself. There's a lot of muscle there, but there's just a, a big chunk of, of body fat. So, but um, I'm committing myself to it, mate, as you know. Yeah. I noticed actually with the, the glutes, when I was prepping from the side, they, they came in quite quickly, but it's it's hard to really explain where the fat was. Well, it was like near, <laughs> where does it sound? Near the actual crack. Like yeah, near, the near the crack. That's the, the hard the bit. Inner side, the, I don't know how to explain it, but near the actual anus itself, it's, yeah. that pinch underneath there is where it was just really stubborn and you just need to keep going, keep going, keep going. Then it eventually just comes off. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a stubborn one. I feel, I feel like your, your glutes are very stubborn because like, you're up, a, even in your off season, like your back has always been very, very lean. Yeah, um, it's annoying. And just, you hold a lot of body fat in, in, in the glutes, but I think, yeah, you, you, you know how to bring them. You did it in 2017, right? You so, you know, you know, full well what it takes to bring it in. You just need to do that again, but you've learned so much more since then that you're going to do it better and protect yeah a lot more muscle than what both of we did last time, you know? So, uh, yes, glutes are very stubborn sometimes. Um, I, I felt, yeah, for me, were they the last to come in? I don't even think so. Like I still had like straight glutes. Like I think the last bit for me, which came in was just getting the quads up to the actual the hip. hip. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the hardest bit to get. And I think, I think the glutes for me were, were quite straightforward, quite easy. Um, I yeah, think that good. was more for you rather than a body fat issue. I think it was more muscularity issue. I think the next time you diet, the quad detail up to the hip will come a lot faster because there'll be a lot more muscle there. Yeah. Um, and I also think your quad detail will show so much more next time because your quads won't be a massive pile of fatigue. Yeah, especially from the Stairmaster. Fuck, yeah. Like, honestly, I, mate, I'm the hoping amount of soreness you probably had in your quads. Mm. I mean, they got used to it and adapted at some point, but I think the amount of fatigue that you caused there was just, just, just savage. Yeah. So, uh, you know, very different approach for, uh, for next year, hopefully for you, but talking about sort of building up to next year, things seem to be going a lot better for you now, don't they? Yes. Yeah, uh, my second week now back into the gym, the, the first week I must admit was like, wow. Okay. I thought I would go back in and strength would be better than what it was but it was quite poor on something, especially my pressing. Like, 
you know, I, I went into Vizik's gym and, and don't get me wrong, the, the dumbbells are heavy. I actually met, um, you'll probably watch this, Ben, one of your clients that trains at Vizik's gym. Ben Merritt, yeah? Yeah, Ben. Um, yeah, yeah. I spoke to him actually earlier. Uh, I didn't I didn't actually realize he was a client until he mentioned and the, the the dumbbells there if you ask him the dumbbells there are extremely heavy yeah. I don't know why they're they're just heavier than other dumbbells yeah um and you know the first time around I got I did 40s for four and my best ever is 50 for 10 on 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 the low incline on the low incline yeah. yeah so I was like fuck this is so I, I couldn't obviously I kept to the D volume I was like am I going to really leave it there and just do one set so I then did the 35 and I got six and I was like what is going on but i thought right let's not actually sit here and worry too much about because i've dropped 20 pounds in three weeks like i've done a mini cut in three weeks um it went super super fast so the 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 second week has been a lot better i found actually my endurance has been the main improvement on on the back offsets like some reps like i did today on um things like the i think i did well an exercise like a tricep press down i got like 11 on the, the first week on the back offset. And then the, the this week I got like 16, 17. And it's like, wow, where's this all coming from? And my endurance is getting really, really good for some reason. Um, it did hit me really hard. Like my legs, when I did the leg press, my legs were shaking. Like, you know, when someone's never trained legs before and they're literally shaking, like I was like that. I thought I'd never get that ever again, ever. But it happened and I was sitting there going, wow. It, it, it was a little bit disheartening. But yeah. the, the feeling of being back felt amazing. And every single blog but number has gone up since then. So um, I know I'll be back to my normal self once the body weight comes back on. I'm about, I weighed in this morning 163.8. So I'm about 3.8, nearly four pounds up in two weeks. I'm going to try and keep that sort of rate again. Yeah. Uh, ideally two pounds a week for the first like initial six weeks if I can and get up to 170 exactly. as quickly as I can um, and then just get that it's just getting that body weight behind me because I, I can do it I know I can do it it's just having the body weight behind me now to do it because I can feel it on some movements like stiff legs and that I'm not as uh as, as strong as what I was just holding that weight in my hands it's just like wow it just feels completely different 20 pounds lighter yeah. and that's going to be expected because I was eating you know two meals a day at most throughout that three-week period um and then funny enough when i took my physique shots and sent it over to you i was like okay yeah my legs actually look improved here like i'm starting to notice obviously through how much i lost I actually noticed some improvements and i yeah. think that's just because my legs were a lot fuller a lot fuller than my lo- uh, upper body because i was taking diesel for walks still so i was still using my legs but i wasn't doing any upper body stuff for three weeks yeah that's why i feel still quite flat and you saw my photos and you said the exact same like your your upper body's behind at the moment like it needs to be a lot fuller but i think that's that's just going to be a time thing. It really is. And it, it shows in my strength uh, in, in my upper body. Legs, not so much, but upper body strength is is pretty far behind. So I'm determined to get that back up to, you know, pre- incline pressing the 50s, doing stuff that cause I'm, I'm, I'm quite a good presser for my body weight, I'd say. Um, so I definitely feel like I've got the potential to take that further. Now, like I said, I'm living and breathing. Uh, just need to work on the sleep side of things. Yeah. And staying up later. I said that to you the other day that I've been staying up just no real purpose, just staying up late. And, you know, I get up earlier now, I get up at six, I'm going to bed at 11, half 11. It's like six and a half hours, if that, of sleep. And when are you finishing like work and stuff? Are you working? Are you doing client stuff like late or? No, it's just me sitting there. It's just me being 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 lazy and, and need to go to sleep earlier. Um, because at first it was fine, but it's starting to catch up with me now. And it's like, wow, okay, this has kind of hit me. Uh, especially in the mornings when I'm doing work, like, you know, when your eyes feel like quite heavy and you feel like they're, they're closing, but they're not closing. They feel like yeah. very, you're squinting a lot. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. like that. And it reminds me of being back on prep. I used to have that feeling all the time. Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day like that. So uh, 
that's the only thing that needs, needs to get sorted. But that's very minor. But the the eating side of things is easy. Yeah. The training side of things is always it's always been there. The training that's never something that that will suffer. But I've always been well. Well, lately, I, before I got ill, I was slacking with the nutrition. But now it's all five six meals a day, four thousand calories at least. I thought the food that I would start because I started about three and a half thousand calories. I thought that would gain some weight, but it's, it's it hasn't been. And obviously, I think that's just because my expenditure is quite high now that I have to take diesel out twice a day. You know, I'm, I'm doing and I have to walk to the gym, which is like another 2000 steps from the car park. I parking so it's not like you can park outside. Um, yeah. So it's a bit stuff. Things like that add up throughout the day. And it's a lot harder for me to actually keep my steps down. It really is. Like I'm trying to actually keep my steps down. But I physically like look and I'm like, shit, I've done that many steps. Oh. It's, uh, it's quite hard to do, if I'm honest, but. I'll find I'll find a way. I'll find a way for sure. But yeah, all good, all good. Moving forward, feeling good for it, feeling slightly fuller. Um, just time. It's just time for me, really. Are you are you off the meds now? Are you off all the meds that you were taking for the stomach stuff? So I'm still on a course of uh, meds that they gave me. I haven't finished it yet. They gave me like a couple of weeks worth. Okay. I've stopped the um the painkiller that I was taking. And a lot of people were telling me, like, just be careful of the codeine and stuff like that because people become quite reliant on it. I've, I've never Addictive, had it. isn't it? Like, people are actually addicted to codeine. And, and then when people told me about it, I actually started to... I wish, never, wish no one told me about it because I wouldn't have worried about it when I stopped it. But when I stopped taking it, I was like, well, fuck, are these pains going to come back? Am I going to start feeling like shit again? Yeah. But so far, so good. I haven't, haven't had any problems. And I've been doing blood tests at the... Uh, doctors still and they've been coming back negative and my stool tests have been coming back negative so i don't seem don't seem to be any issues and that stomach ulcer that i mentioned about is it's not even a thought in my head now it's not a stomach ulcer it's bullshit stress. it's yeah. just stress yeah man. load of stress so uh i'm glad i've sorted that out now and i'm even starting to notice when i do have stressful moments it does actually make me my, my digestion, digestion feel uncomfortable. Like I do feel like I want to go to the toilet when I'm more stressed and yeah. when I'm more relaxed, when I'm doing things like this that actually do relax me, don't think about it. Don't think about going to the toilet. So a lot of it is up here. It really yeah. is up here. Um, but I'm glad I'm being able to understand that and take more control of it because at first I was like, how do I deal with all this sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to do with the smoking as well. Uh, but I'm, that's another story. I'm five weeks. I think this is just such a common thing, though, and, and probably a message that can actually help a lot of people is that you know, I, I'll have a lot of situations with clients where they will come to me and they will say, "I've got a digestive issue." A lot of the time, typically, it's bloating. Yeah, I'm I'm bloated. Well, first and foremost, a lot of the time, bloating is normal because we're putting food into your stomach. Your stomach will, at some point, with food in it, feel a little bit fuller than it does upon wake. If you're going to bed or eating a meal and feeling like your stomach's out a little bit, that is normal because that is just food sitting in your gut. That is not being bloated. Being bloated is like having actual pain and discomfort. That is what I would just diagnose bloat as. It's actually like discomfort. So when people are actually feeling discomfort, then the usual question that gets relayed to me is, what digestive enzyme do you recommend? You know, I, I get bloating or I can't eat this food because I bloat off of it. Um, I actually had a, a new, new client start like three, four weeks ago, and he listed out like about pretty much every sort of bodybuilding carbohydrate and said that it bloated him. And so we delve deeper into his eating hygiene, as we call it, which would be, how's he sitting down with meals? Is he eating a relaxed environment? Is he rushing meals? Is he uh, like most people 
eating like this, which funnily enough you were doing. Um, but that was more to avoid the thought process of the food, but that was just kicking you in the fucking foot. Um, you know, what is his eating hygiene like, you know, and, uh, and it was just all a complete mess. So all of the foods that he suggested that were causing bloating, he could eat absolutely fine as, as long as he just ate slow, focused on chewing his meals, which I know that you've put up on your story recently that you've been doing, um, or mastication as it's well known. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, you know, essentially just taking time with food and, you know, yes, you can potentially at some point, if someone really needs to supplement towards a digestive issue, you can, but that really is often a very much a last resort thing. A lot of these things are a lot of things in bodybuilding, mate, like people love to overcomplicate a situation, you know? So if you don't come back as a coach with some, digestive enzyme that's got a massively long name and you go and pay 50 quid for it and it comes in a cord package if you don't say that then maybe then, then a lot of people will go and try and find a coach that's going to give them that answer yeah. but in reality that the most simple answer is usually the one that's going to work yeah. um you know I'm, I'm i'm very much like always going to try and stay true to that as a coach because the more you learn the more you think you can apply and the reality is a lot of the time the application of that is just not necessary and the basic simplistic answer is always probably going to get you to the root cause of an issue. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really glad that you've, you've, you've solved things, mate. hundred percent. And even just like thinking about digestive enzymes, like a lot of people don't look at what's in a digestive enzyme and they're, <laughs> no. they're bloated, but they forget that in a digestive enzyme, there are acids, which in, increase the amount of acid produced in your stomach, which that is going to lead to more bloating, more yeah stomach issues so you need to find out the uh the, the reason and um i actually had a client the other week he said to me he was waking up really full bloated and i was like okay what are you eating and stuff like that and he ended up having like 70 grams of fiber per day something ridiculous <laughs> and i was oh, like okay man. can we bring this down uh so i was like try and aim for like maybe 25 35 grams a day of fiber and little things like that believe it or not they can make a massive difference without even people really realizing um and don't get me wrong i've i've incorporated more fibrous foods um which have helped actually sort my stomach out for sure but there is a limit to how much fiber you can have per day before it starts going the opposite way and having that negative effect so yeah i'm, I'm glad i've sorted that and i'm glad to because i didn't actually realize how much stress impacts your digestive system i know it had obviously some sort of an effect of course it's, it's that's common sense but at the same time i didn't realize that this was causing a lot of my issues yep. and ever since i've been able to sort that it's just disappeared so since then i've uh, i've not had any issues really i have obviously you have good days and bad days in terms of bowel movements just like everyone is yep. you know whenever but it's not nowhere near as what it was like when i even came up to you but i think that was the worst when i came up to you i was going like i think i went at like yours that downstairs toilet mate got rinsed yeah brilliant <laughs> a, brilliant thank you kind of time, literally sorry mate <laughs> i made sure i cleaned though so that's the main next time next time you come around we're gonna double check like we're gonna do like some sort of pcr test on your on your anus to make sure that it's like completely ridden of, of whatever <laughs> virus you had there the stress virus but, <laughs> yeah um, i call it the stress virus but, but yeah like like you said sort of as an athlete as a bodybuilder as someone who wants to make progress having a basic understanding of the autonomic nervous system is so key. Like what is going to pull you into that more fight or flight sympathetic dominant state or parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest state, you know, and, and outside of the training window as an athlete, you do really want to be in that parasympathetic state, you know, the, the restful state as much as you can. 
And the issue is a lot of people in modern society just don't visit that state enough. You know, we're constantly surrounded by things that can drive a sympathetic tone, which is you know, social media. You see something on social media, you get stressed, you know, um, certain people in your life that you don't want to push out of your circle because they're in your circle and you feel like they're stuck there. And so they stress you out all the time. I have a lot of clients, you know, message me and say that X has said this, you know, one of their, one of their people that is meant to be their friends and they've said something about them and they're like, Oh, that's an ex has said this about me. I'm like, why are they your friend? You know, what, why, why are you letting this person come into your life and just cause shit, just cause stress? Yeah. And um, because there's people out there like that, mate, that just vibe off making people's lives upsetting. It's yeah. partly because their own lives are upsetting in themselves. They just force it upon others. Mm-hmm. But mate, I just hear about it all the time. And I'm just, yeah, you know, I've I kind of been there and done that. I think I've had people in my life where I've been like, you know what kind of don't want you here and I don't really know how to get rid of you but I wish I'd just been more stern about that in the past and just said you know what get out so (laughs) if you have someone like that if you have someone like that that's just like bringing your vibe down and just just, the best thing you can do straight out the out the gate is mute them on social media if they're causing you pain on socials just mute that person um because stress is such a killer dude and it's not just a killer of like the digestive tract it's a killer of physiques, especially now we're getting close to shows. It's mm. like, I'm seeing it more and more often. You know, the people that are very lean at the moment, you get one, like I'm checking in pretty much every two days with the people that are very, very close now and have a couple of days where they're, they're not, they're not in a good place stress-wise or even the heat. The heat has, has pulled the look away from some people over the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't know whether he'll listen to this and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing, but him, do you know him on Instagram, Jim with him? Yes. Um, Like he had an allergic reaction to some like nut butter, um, which I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm sure he'll maybe disagree, but I don't know whether it's something he's, it'd be weird for him to have something really new in his like, cause he's actually competing this weekend. So it happened in peak week. I'd be surprised if he would have chucked something new in, in peak week. But regardless, my bets is that he's been so lean for so long, dieted for so long, that his nervous system cannot handle a small intolerance. And it had a massive reaction as a result. And another reason why I think these year-long bodybuilding preps just don't make sense. I mean, mate, what what do you think is going to happen when that uh, 3DMJ client puts on his tan for his last show? What's going to happen with his skin? Oh, sit there. I don't even want to start. I don't want to tan, know. The tan's going to go green, man. Everything's going to go green. <laughs> Just like yours. It's going to look like he's like not being funny, but it's going to look like he's got a disease. That's yeah. what you look like. Yeah. And that wasn't just the sunbeds. That was not your, your pH balance was off because you'd been too stressed, too lean for too long. That was the main reason it, what I don't think it was just the sunbeds. Mm, for sure. I, I mean, there are loads of things to consider there with the, with the skin and issue. And to be fair, in some lines, mate, I still haven't recovered. I still have that scarring on my my skin now from it. Yeah. Not not noticeable, but like if I'm in the shower and like the lighting shining on me in a particular way, I can notice it a little bit. Other my, my ex used to notice it as well and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I would say that plays a massive role. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't look after my skin either. I'll be the first one to admit that. Now I'm getting on some beds. Like I look after my skin. I exfoliate three, four times a day, three, four, three times, four times a week. Um, you know, moisturize every single, all that sort of stuff, keeping on top of it. But for sure, you know, there's a lot of things that can impact your, uh, your, your skin just by through dieting and, um, being being of lean as well. yeah just yeah there's so much that goes into it mate there really is um, obviously you've t- I, don't, I don't think we should touch upon the uh the 3dmj thing because you obviously covered that in the other podcast which yeah. other people can watch that sort of stuff yeah um i think it, my opinion on that as, I, as i'm just here i think give he your opinion fucking, yeah. he looks fucking great but so fuck like that is like peak week ready to go two weeks three weeks out sort of thing that's not nine weeks out or however long it was it was uh for me sustain it's just not sustainable um and i've realized now that no matter what food you're on like for me i was on my reverse calories you know people say yeah people were like ah, oh, i'm on i'm on this food though like we're reversing calories up i'll be fine it's not that it's the the body fat you're at for that long period, period of time your body just goes nope don't want this anymore and goes into like when I finished my show that like I gained like five pounds and it was like literally I looked like I gained about 20 pounds my body just gave up on me then when it started when it knew I was gaining uh when I was gaining weight and that for me that far out is is a not a big concern because you know he looks great and I'm sure he will still look great but you know is he going to bring his best and how long is he going to be competing for in terms of shows like doing back-to-back peak weeks like we did, um, you know, competing over like a, I think it was like five, six-week period I did. If I, like, it wears you down. I just declined every single time. And we tried yeah. different stuff, didn't we? We tried different stuff. So many. It, it still yeah. didn't work. It, it, it just made it just made me more stressed and it, it just didn't work in the end. So, you know, considering he's there now and he's got, you know, another nine weeks or so, and then he's got another however long and maybe does the finals and stuff like that, which I'm sure he will, it's, it's yeah, it's not good. And, and the food is not, something that works it doesn't it's the body fat it really really is because i was on what was my reverse calories uh, just over three thousand. yeah yeah 400 400 plus grams of carbohydrates easy yeah you know decent amount of fats decent amount of protein you know easy. and we'd started you know we did actually you did actually listen we did actually pull the cardio at, at the deep end as well you know your steps were very high but i can also imagine this guy is like without beating around the bush you don't stay that lean and you don't diet on the calories he's saying he's dieting on without being someone that barely sits down, to be honest. And like, I didn't actually cover this in no switch fitness one. So I'll cover it now. But like, I've been following this guy's prep for the whole time he's been dieting. I love his physique. I think it's awesome. I'd love to look like that from the back. So I'm going to try and get as close as I can. Um, but um so like I saw on his story, he was having, you know, so bear in mind, he's like 10, 12 weeks out at this point. Like his post-workout meal was like 450 grams of veggies, 500 grams of potato and then chicken. Like that's a kilo of fruit, a kilo of food volume, a kilo. Yeah. That's not shit you want to do for that long. That's like a, that's like a hideously food focused tactic. Mm. And then coupling that George, his beverage of choice at that meal was a monster post-workout. Yeah, I asked him. I asked him why are you having the monster, and this is no like hate on him because this is all down to like, like. But the thing is, like, Berto and Three DMJ that they say they've been working on this prep since 2016. I thought you'd at least teach your client about the autonomic nervous system that 
elevating sympathetic drive post-workout with more caffeine is a terrible idea at any point in the process. Yes. So I said, oh, why are you having the monster? He's like, oh, it just keeps me going and I like the taste. I'm like, oh. Even even I, I was looking through his stories and I noticed nah, like, man. Uh, he had a, like a little cup of sweets, I think it was, little little cup of sweets and stuff. Like that. I'm thinking, no, like, yeah, it's, it's just, just not I'm, a good place each, to do. Each to their own, each to their own, but it's just not how I would certainly do it. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, it'll be interesting to listen to the uh, the 3DMJ po- podcast about it as well. I haven't listened to your podcast that you've done. I will listen to that tomorrow, but I'll be interested to see what they've got to say about that for sure. Because in my opinion, it just doesn't make sense. And we'd, we'd, we'd both agree on that. Yeah. Um, Tell us about the t-shirts, mate. I see you're rocking the uh, the new tees. What's the plan? Yeah. With yeah. So this this one here that I've got on is uh, the slightly like better fit. So you can sort of see how how this. Oh works. yes. So it's like a. This one is probably will probably be good for you as well, George. To be honest. Yeah. So, very smart. Um, it just comes to the elbow. It's it's nice and fitted around the neck, which is really important, and the and the length just. It just sort of sits like, so that's the sort of waist. It just sits nice and down. So, yeah, I just basically, I, oh, mate, I can't tell you how long it's taken me to find a T-shirt that actually just fits right. Yes. Um, so I fucked, you know, some of the designs that I showed you, like with stuff around the neck. Mm-hmm. So I tried that, did like three samples, and it took me about two months to get three samples. So quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And all of them, like every time, like the neck just wasn't right. And I just can't be bought. And I said to the guy, I was like, look, mate, I appreciate we're trying here, but like this isn't working. Every time we get a sample, it's just not something that I'm willing to sell. I mean, mate, I look like, sorry if there's anyone religious here or anything, it's, this is not offensive, but I look like a vicar. You know, I look like it, it looked weird. It, looked, it rode too high. Yeah. It was like weird. It's just not like, like, I look like a priest or a vicar. So it's not really a gym look, is it? Um, let's face it. So then I just thought, right, okay, let's go with like a really basic t-shirt, see what high quality one you can give me. Let's try a few, send me out a few, just put the logo centered, make sure the print's decent. So it doesn't come off in the wash. Um, and then this was the one we chose. So yeah, it works well. Like, um, so if anyone's listening, they will. So this is, this is going to go live this Sunday. The order's just gone in. So it will be, two weeks from this podcast, you should be able to buy them. Um, they'll be reasonably t- priced. So 24 99. So just under 25 quid, no crazy price up. Um, just a sense, <laughs> sensible price. Um, because at the end of the day, they are sort of a, a basic garment, you know, they're a nice fitting t-shirt. They'll last, but they're a basic garment. So that's the pricing. Um, they'll be available in gray, white, black. So, uh, yeah, I'd recommend if you're sort of like a similar, similar sort of size like 100 between 160 180 pounds that sort of like 20 pound bracket and you're between sort of like five six and five nine go for like a 3xl if you want it like proper proper baggy in the gym like maybe like a leg day t-shirt and if you want it like still oversized but it doesn't look as messy then go 2xl so there we go that's and we'll do them like, so we'll do them from basically medium, which is the size that Loz wears that looks like oversized all the way up to 4XL. So if you're, if you're a girl and you would like one, um, I'd go medium or large. They'll be pretty good for, for, for the girls. Again, sort of like an oversized tee that doesn't look like you draped yourself in a bed sheet. <laughs> 
I've got two questions I want to ask. Um, and this okay. is a different topic now. Let's talk about the Formula One. That's oh, a yeah. big debate. Um, obviously, you went to Silverstone, um, which I'm pretty jealous about, mate. I can't lie. I haven't been there for a long, long time. Um, it's my first about- time. Was it your first time? No, it's my first time. We booked wow. tickets really, really, really late. But yeah, what were you going to ask? Talk about, I want to, where, obviously you wasn't, was you sitting, did you see the... Uh, Most you, annoying place we were sat. <laughs> um, um, what do you think about the actual incident? Because um, obviously a, a lot of people are very... Eh, decided. Yeah. Um, what's your stance on that? Yeah. So first of all, we were sat at the end of um, Maggots and Beckett. So... All we saw was smoke from Max's attempt at obviously slowing down the car as he hurtled into the barriers. Yeah. Um, mate, some of the fucking iPhone videos of that crash are ridiculous. Like the speed he went off. And obviously because the tethers came off on the on the rears, basically got zero braking ability. So it was just literally like the car going in at a pretty fast impact. So that was ridiculous. And we literally didn't see Max come around once apart from the formation. Lap. <laughs> so that was, that was annoying. So I'd like to have seen at least a bit more of the battle. Yeah. But nevertheless, um, so first of all, I thought that considering it's the first lap, considering that Max is clear in the lead of the title, it would have been a little bit of a wiser move on his shoulders just to run it wide. He knew Lewis was there. He was quite deep up the inside. Max could have just run it wide off the track and maintain position. So as a driver, he might look back at that and think that's what I maybe should have done. But anyone who's like followed Max over the years knows that he just would not do that. He's like one of the most gutsy kind of drivers out there and he won't he won't ever give up a position even if it's for like you know the bottom end of the pack positions he's like one of those drivers that will battle for anything so he did close the close the corner off not crazy crazy aggressive he was on the line but then lewis also was carrying a shit ton of speed from the slipstream and the drive that he got out of the the corner that follows so lewis definitely understeered because yes. the Mercedes is is really poor at getting heat into the tires on the first lap, so he definitely understeered. He was quite deep into the corner, and then loads of people are comparing the move that he made on Leclerc at the end of the race to the one that he made at Max, which is just it's not it's not comparable because Lewis was able to take such a tighter line on Leclerc at the back end of the race, and Leclerc ran it wide, and that's the only reason why Lewis got the place. It's not even comparable. Um, so yeah, Lewis went a bit too deep and then Lewis obviously hit Max. Like my, my, my honest opinion is that it was Lewis's fault. I would, I would have Lewis at the blame there and the stewards agreed, but then how can you give uh, only a 10 second penalty for someone who's literally caused a f- crazy dangerous accident? Yeah. You know, it's like, this is the same time penalty that like Yuki Sonoda got at Austria for crossing the pit lane line twice. Hmm. which isn't even dangerous at all it's like how can that be the same penalty so but um but yeah mate not to i could blab on about this all day but this oh, yeah. turn into like that um i don't know whether you listen to it but there's a podcast called um wf wtf1 it's like what the fuck f1 yeah like, like they kind of like put it together like that but it's really really good like the three people who present on it are like so engaging so hmm. i listen to that quite a bit um 
But yeah, mate, what was your what was your opinion? Did you did you watch the race live at all? Did you watch it later? I, I watched it later. I must admit I didn't watch it live. Um I I agree with you. I think it was how especially so early in the race as well. Like you're taking those risks that early. Yeah. For me, like and I know Hamilton as I know what he's like. He's he is very ballsy of what he does, and he does, in my opinion, get away with a lot. And I think he knows that sometimes with just how he is as a person. Um, but f- for sure, like he got way too aggressive in that corner, you know. And for me, you, sh- you could easily just back off there. Like you go around a few more laps, there's a, there's already DRS there, you know. So you could have the opportunity to, to overtake him further down the further down the road. So for yeah. me, yeah, too ballsy. Shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. And when I saw it, when I actually saw because I've seen some of the uh, iPhone, it, the the cameras like from TV and stuff like that, they never do it justice. But when you actually watch it from an actual camera itself, I think it's uh, it's it's quite it's bad. Ridiculous. Like. I'd, I'd be shit scared if I was in that position. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that front. I was going to ask you about the new cars as well. What do you think about the new The 2022? Car? Yes. Yeah, immense. I think, <laughs> it's, I, I think it looks ridiculous, but mm-hmm. it's exactly what they need because it's everything that the new cars are causing problems, like the length. So the length of the cars is too long. Yeah. Um, they're a little too wide. So the amount of airflow that basically that causes is allowing no one to follow yes. so they needed to make the, sh- the car shorter which is what the- they used to have like a long long time ago shorter shorter narrower cars so there's less airflow and then obviously the actual move like the direction of that airflow is so much more efficiently designed you can see it's completely different like the whole the whole thing is just designed to drive airflow into a place where it produces more downforce naturally, but doesn't disrupt the the traveling of the cars in the in the, in the wake of it, so to speak. Yeah. So uh, that'll mean that we don't just need DRS for an overtake, which is quite frankly bullshit. Yes. That the only overtake you can perform is basically either making a very cool lunge, which often doesn't even happen, um, mm-hmm. or they just get DRS and they just drive around the other cars. Like yeah. that's not so an we- overtake. That's just literally. You just get more straight line speed. You move out, you pass. And everyone's like, oh my God, they pass. Like, it's fucking yeah. rubbish. Yeah, I agree. You know? And then the, the only thing that makes it exciting, really, at the moment is like tire management. Mm. Is that racing or is that just being like a strategy driver where you just drive the tire correctly? Yes. And it's definitely a massive part of F1, but how exciting is that as a, as a fan? Not very. No, not very. Especially now that they, back in the day, they used to stop three, four times in a, in a, in a race. And now it's literally like once, you know, yeah. it's not fun. And like, refueling. Yeah. As much exactly. as it was dangerous. So, she answers questions. I've actually got quite a few questions when I, when I put it up. I was quite surprised because I put it up quite late and I was thinking no one's going to put some questions up. But surprisingly, yeah. I've got quite a few questions about different stuff. Um, where are they? Uh it's size, e.g. vacuum. Can it help? Are there any other ways? It's size, question mark. I don't get that. Oh, can, I got that same can, question. Can eating high volume foods notably widen your waist? Are there any ways to decrease its size, e.g. Vac- vacuums? Can it help? Are there other ways? Um, well, eating high volume foods can increase your waist size in an in a, in a acute fashion. Obviously, if you ate a load of volume and you 
blown out your stomach it can acutely affect its size your waist would probably appear bigger for a short time period it would just go down can it affect your waist your waist and gut size could probably be affected if you just every day you kept bloating yourself i mean just look at some of the biggest bodybuilders in the world that have to really nail calories all of their like guts are kind of moderately distended because they've almost just been adapted to that distension um so there is definitely some like merit in saying that that does happen Mm. but can you control it with vacuums maybe you could control that distension process a little bit better if you did more abdominal work and you had a greater control of your core anyway so it wasn't going to blow out but i think the main thing there is like if you're asking this question in your below 200 pounds in body weight you shouldn't be eating enough to have to like blow out your midsection you know and and if there's a place in time in which you can choose smarter food options that don't blow your stomach out then do that because that's that's arguably going to be a better route for you would you agree i i agree on that yeah i mean i've noticed ever since i've actually learned how to vacuum because a year ago i didn't actually know how to vacuum at all but since i've been incorporating them i I couldn't think of anything worse than eating a fucking big meal and then trying to practice vacuuming you know especially i just can't even do it half the time i don't want to do it because i'm scared about what's going to happen but i certainly know how to control my midsection better just by vacuuming so there may be a benefit towards that but but certainly like you said you know if you're you know in terms of high volume foods i would look at you know, simply reduce, why are you eating as, as, as much high volume as you should, especially in the gaining phase, your, your food volume should be, I try and keep it as, as if I'm eating over 4,000 calories, I try and eat the most dense food with this, the, the least volume as possible. So um, again, you know, it's, it's very hard to answer that question within itself. Um, should we go one, you go one, I go one. Should we do that? Yeah, for sure. Go one up. Let me just get the question box. Uh... <laughs> Some of these questions, fucking hell. Who's got the biggest knob? <laughs> what? Beside <laughs> that on stage. Measure it live. Yeah, live um, on stage when it's the smallest. Tips for helping the legs recover through high cardio in prep you'll be a good person to answer this because oh. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, I would certainly say like when you do have the opportunity to sit down and do nothing, do it. Something which I really struggle with. And I used to remember I used to tag you my stories to confirm that I was sitting down and doing nothing to yeah. prove to you that I did nothing at all. So actually doing that does make you realize shit, like just putting your feet up and doing nothing makes a massive difference. Um, I would say, if you're doing a shit ton of cardio and, and you're, and, and you're dieting, then I would say, say try and bring your cardio down and, and try and go through stages of, of, of learning to do less and appreciating that probably doing less is doing less is going to impact you in a more positive way. But when you're in that sort of routine of doing cardio every single day, like very robotic, for example, it's hard to switch someone off from doing that. Um, I've never been, everyone says, I'll oh, go for a bath, like the salt baths, that sort of stuff. I've, I've never been a big fan of it. I don't like baths in general. I don't like laying in my They're own. too hot, man. I get way too hot. 
I like I as soon as I have a bath yeah I'm in the shower afterwards and clean myself because I can't lay there in my own dirt I don't I don't get how people do that but each to their own maybe yeah. that that side of things definitely does help um if you notice that you're really inflamed uh, in terms of the the lower body again you know it's just actually maybe educating yourself and, and realizing that do you, ne- do you necessarily need to be doing that amount and is that amount getting you to where you need to be or could you actually do less and see the reward from doing that um it's very, it's very hard to answer that based on i don't know how much cardio he is doing i don't know if he said but it's, it's, it's yeah it's a difficult one yeah, uh, he just said hi hi okay well mm. hi for me right now is doing it once a week <laughs> yeah you? i think i i think i i agree with you there i think also I mean, you can look to use things like massage guns and all of these, the kind of things that like might have a psychological effect where you think you're getting some like relief. Yeah. The main thing is, is just like the management of the work that you do outside of the cardio. So remind yourself that the the whole goal, it's a bodybuilder that answers this question. So the whole goal with your process is to retain muscle and that's going to exist in your training sessions um so you know obviously your goal is probably to lose fat as well yes and to to lose fat you have to create a deficit but often i do believe that a lot of the a lot of the best preps will be uh predicated around losing as much fat as you can without cardio and just creating the deficit from food and Mm -hmm. if you do do cardio also choose it wisely so do it on days that away from legs do it on the least impact possible, which for most people is going to be something like an incline walk as opposed to the stairs and uh, the bike. The bike's going to absolutely savage your legs. Yeah. It's basically a leg workout in itself. The stairs, leg workout. The yep. bike, it's a leg workout. Yep. So if you want another leg workout, use them, you know, but everyone loves it in, in bodybuilding. You know, it, like you love it, mate. You know, I love it. When you do the stairs, you feel like you're being hardcore. But yeah. the thing is, it's like, what does that actually earn you you know it doesn't actually gain you much in in a lot of circumstances um if you can get stage lean without using the stairs which plenty of people have proved there's reason to suggest that that is a better a better setup for your prep um i mean i i hope i hope that i can i'm yeah, I'll say I hope because I, I can't guarantee anything, but I really hope that I can prove it this year that you can get into legitimate contest conditioning without having to touch a stairmaster. You know, like you don't need to do that. You don't need to, you know, get your head up, hood up and, and squeeze your glutes to get your glutes in. You just need to lose more body fat. So, you know, if you can handle psychologically eating low food and you're not going to binge, then I, I'd prefer always just, just creating a deficit with food. But some people don't prefer it that way and they they adhered better to a plan where they've got cardio in on the stairmaster and that's quite fair play so you've got to find the best way for you um yeah sure i remember telling myself the uh the stairmaster brought my legs in like gave them more detail yeah, i remember that. that i remember that i was like the stair i was like i swear to you aj the stairmaster's giving me more detail i haven't got these glutes because you know these glutes from the stairmaster mate but it's, it's not it really isn't the case i mean i do understand like I can, I remember sometimes I'd practice like contracting my glutes as I took a step up, but yeah, realistically, like <laughs> a bit like Kai, yeah. But realistically, um, it just faded my legs away after <laughs> after a period of time. Um, look, booking bicep, tricep work. What sort of progression do you use for arm training? So I log my arm days. 
all the time. Um, but I'm very conscious that I, I often don't take progressions. And it might sound a bit weird that I don't take progressions, but I realize that on isolations, I'm not going to be taking progressions often. So I, I usually map out my session and I'll write down the numbers that I pretty much got last time. And then if I find something that I, you know, I, I know that I've easily got a little bit more and I can find a little bit more, I'll, I'll go ahead and take it. And I'll obviously then recorrect the number, but often I'm just hitting the same numbers, but I'm aiming to just get the absolute maximum internal feel. That's the thing that's, that's definitely improved my arms the most. And don't get me wrong, they've still got a lot of, of progress to make, but they're definitely better than they were. And that's as a byproduct of almost not, not chasing internal feel, but finding exercises that give me a good internal feel and then not getting carried away with the weight. Um, because I've been there and done that with the, the, the weight thing and the progressive overload for arms and getting pretty heavy on the curls. And I appreciate that that works for some people, but it's the same reason why me doing a single arm dumbbell row with the eighties and throwing it from A to B like I did last year, and then telling everyone that this is what you should do to get a thick back doesn't make sense because for me, I can throw the 80 and I can still feel it in my back because yeah. I have really good connections with my entire back, my glutes, my hamstrings, like my I can feel my, I can flex my erectors right now. If you ask me to, like I've got really good internal feel with those body parts, but I haven't learned properly how to contract my chest. And I haven't learned properly how to really train like my arms until probably the last like three, four months, um, maybe a bit longer than that, but yeah, like I haven't properly learned. And I still got, you know, areas to learn, but um, I think that's the biggest thing that you should focus on when it comes to, isolations in general especially on weaker body parts but for, for me my arms that's the way that i've run things what about yourself i agree I, I i totally agree i still log my arm training but i don't i'm not bothered if i do take progressions or i don't take progressions it's more about how it feels because the way i see it if you can overload your your compound work you know your, your bread and butter as you want to call it i i would say that that's gonna you know for some sort of adaptation there in terms of new muscle. And then if you can get a balance between um, the progressive overload and the metabolic stress from getting really good contractions, blood flow, and actually finishing in the set on a tricep press, and going, oh, fuck. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people just assume I need to get stronger, I need to get stronger, I need to get stronger, everything I do. And it's true, but also people forget that metabolic stress, blood flow into the muscle is actually a driver for hypertrophy as well. And certainly getting a good pump is for some people, like you see in, in the pros, like a lot of people, they do 15, 20 reps, loads of pumpy blood work. And it's like, even just looking at Nick Walker, yeah, he lifts very, very, he's very strong, but a lot of the stuff he does, he does like 15, 20 reps and his progression over this past year or so has been insane. In, insane. And a lot of that is metabolic stress. It's blood flow into the muscle. And I do think that serves a purpose as well. So if you can balance the two with the progressive overload from your compounds, the metabolic stress from your uh, isolation stuff, I think you're covering all bases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't get too obsessive with the isolation stuff. Just focus. Does it feel good? Did I get a good pump at the end of it? How does that feel? It's because not all the time we spoke about this before, like RDLs, Like I don't finish a set of RDLs or stiff legs and go, wow, my erectors, my upper back, my hamstrings are all pumped. I don't get a pump no. off that at no. all. 
Yeah. I, I focus on just the, the progressive overload side of things. But when it comes to the, the arm train, the isolation on like a line hamstring curl, I focus on, you know, am I actually getting a good pump from this? Am I actually finishing the set going, oh, my hamstrings are fucking tight from that? And yeah, yeah I think it's, it's, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Superb. Should we, uh, should we cap it off? Should we leave it there? We've run for about I mean, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I think an hour is appropriate time for okay. most podcasts. Too longer than that is too long. I've got like, I think 2000 steps to do and then last meal. So that will work perfect. Yeah. All right. I've got to take these out and last meal and then telling myself bed, be in bed by half nine. That'd be good, man. That'd be a good bedtime. Half nine is good. That's pretty yes. much when I'm going to bed at the moment between nine and half nine. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, guys, uh, thanks very much for listening. If you've been like out walking, doing steps, hopefully this is past the time efficiently. Yep. If you're just sitting down, watching, eating a meal, then, uh, you know, that's phenomenal too. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. We'll yes. chat soon. Lots of love.